Hello, and welcome to the Diet Diatribe podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and I've got a great show for you guys today. Let's jump right in. The first thing I want to talk about today on the Diet Diatribe show is about chronic inflammation and weight gain. And there's an article that I found that was really interesting that talks about how these two things are connected. We are all aware that there are secret weight loss saboteurs lurking around us. However, we might not be aware that those secret little saboteurs are inside of our bodies. One of the biggest secret saboteurs inside of our bodies is called chronic inflammation. It is a widespread condition these days paired with stress and environmental toxins. Thankfully, we can take measures to prevent this and keep this from disturbing our weight loss journey. Chronic inflammation and weight gain are a buzzword nowadays, so let's see what they are and how they are connected. What is inflammation? For instance, there are two types of inflammation, acute and chronic inflammation. When your body is injured or in threat, it reacts with acute inflammation in certain situations. This can be helpful because it means your body is healing itself and the inflammation process is necessary. On the other hand though, chronic inflammation happens inside our bodies when bigger problems appear. Nature and science tell us repeatedly that there's a direct link between chronic inflammation and weight gain or better said, our ability to lose weight. This type of inflammation lasts longer, and in addition to weight gain, it is linked to many major diseases like cancer, heart disease, and type 2 diabetes. So how does inflammation affect the body? Inflammation affects the body's functions related to metabolism, hormone levels, cardiovascular health, and cognitive functions. When inflammatory cells are present in the body for a really long time, they can cause dangerous plaque in the arteries to build up. So if you're suffering from chronic inflammation, there's almost no doubt you have digestive issues. One of these problems is leaky gut syndrome, and this condition can damage the digestive tract and other organs and their functions. Joint pain, headaches, lack of energy, bloating, weight gain, and food sensitivity are common symptoms of leaky gut syndrome. If you suspect that your inability to lose weight has to do with chronic stomach inflammation, you should contact a weight loss expert or, more importantly, your doctor. Signs of acute versus chronic inflammation, even though there are a lot of signs that intersect, some can be linked to just one of these. Signs that indicate acute inflammation are redness on the skin, skin that is hot to the touch, swelling of tissue, pain, immobility. Signs that indicate chronic inflammation are pain in the abdominal area, rash, sores in the mouth, fever, chest pain, joint pain, and fatigue. Chronic inflammation causes. One or a combination of several factors can cause chronic inflammation. Eating too much sugar and processed foods can cause chronic inflammation because these things are full of chemicals and pesticides. Environmental pollution like poor air quality and poor drinking water also can cause this condition. Infections, injuries, and other irritants that are left untreated can lead to chronic inflammation. Obesity, smoking, alcohol use, nutritional deficiencies, and chronic stress contribute to chronic inflammation. It is found that chronic stress increases the body's levels of stress hormones like cortisol, which is linked to higher amounts of belly fat. And we all know that belly fat is really hard to get rid of. So what are the best ways to reduce inflammation? Eating healthier anti-inflammatory foods. However, changes to your diet may not be enough to prevent this condition, especially if you're suffering from some other health conditions that prevent the body from responding appropriately to this type of food. 
These conditions include hormonal imbalances, leaky gut syndrome, cystic fibrosis, and Crohn's disease. These prevent your body from absorbing essential nutrients and antioxidants from healthy foods. Aside from eating an anti-inflammatory food diet, other things you can do to reduce inflammation are getting enough sleep, staying physically active, and exposing yourself to sunlight daily, as vitamin D helps regulate the immune system. You can directly affect inflammation by reducing your exposure to toxins and chemicals, switch to non-toxic household cleaners, cosmetics, and pesticides. Stress relieving practices like yoga and intermittent fasting give your digestive system a rest period, reset your metabolism, and help to reduce inflammation. So what are some of the best anti-inflammatory foods? Your diet has a significant effect on reducing inflammation. You should make sure that your diet contains plenty of water, organic fruits and vegetables, fatty fishes, avocados, and fermented foods like kimchi or kombucha. Well-known anti-inflammatory foods like berries, blackberries, blueberries, and raspberries, that is, contain a compound that helps with inflammation as well. These fruits are natural antioxidants that reduce the risk of many diseases. In addition, fatty fish are rich in omega-3 acids that offer anti-inflammatory effects that can help reduce the risk of heart disease, kidney disease, and diabetes. Try incorporating tuna, sardines, herring, and anchovies into your diet as much as you can. Other foods that are great at fighting and reducing inflammation include broccoli, cauliflower, kale, peppers, mushrooms, olives, and green tea. Can probiotics help reduce inflammation? Probiotics are known as good and healthy bacteria that can help crowd out the harmful bacteria in your gut that contribute to inflammation. Consuming foods and supplements that contain probiotics can help prevent complications inflammation often causes, as well as complications related to long-term use of antibiotics. Foods that contain probiotics include yogurt, kefir, kombucha, kimchi, miso, and cottage cheese. Make sure to read the labels thoroughly before buying these products as they can contain hidden sugar or other harmful additives. Speaking of these dairy products, we come across another frequent thought. Dairy can sometimes cause inflammation. The relationship between dairy products and inflammation is mixed. The products that were listed above have little to no processing, so they're safe to be consumed. Still, conventional dairy products are loaded with hormones and antibiotics oftentimes, so if your goal is to reduce inflammation, it may be wise to avoid dairy and use alternatives. So what are the inflammation markers? Chronic inflammation doesn't always give obvious signs because it is an internal thing. Signs such as excess abdominal weight, fatigue, mouth sores, skin issues, and joint pain can indicate system inflammation. These things can also be measured with blood tests and that you need to see your doctor for. So are there other solutions to combat inflammation? Yes, bioidentical progesterone is known as a natural anti-inflammatory. When inflammation occurs, your brain can't receive proper signals from the hormone leptin responsible for appetite regulation. If progesterone levels in your body are high enough, it will help leptin regulate appetite and reduce inflammation. Because of its ability to reduce inflammation and balance leptin levels, bioidentical progesterone and weight loss can be linked together. So, are chronic inflammation and weight gain connected? If you're struggling to lose weight, it may be due to inflammation. 
Chronic inflammation may interrupt signals that let you know when you're hungry and when you're full. Inflammation also interferes with your metabolism by slowing it down and making it harder for your body to process extra calories. Weight gain is commonly associated with an increased risk of chronic inflammation. If you're wondering if the inflammation has something to do with your weight gain, here are some key symptoms you can look for. You carry a lot of excess weight around your middle. Most of the extra fat gets stored in the abdominal area where inflammation also occurs because fat cells produce a strong inflammatory response. You experience a lot of gastrointestinal distress, bloating, gas, diarrhea, or constipation regularly. It might be because of inflammation in the gut, which can quickly spread to other body parts. Your blood glucose levels are high. High blood sugar levels lead to higher levels of things that can further lead to inflammation in the body. You suffer from fatigue. It may seem like you always feel tired no matter what you do, and that's because inflamed cells have to work twice as hard to do their job. You have skin problems, red skin, eczema, or psoriasis. These could be signs of inflammation under your skin, which can be linked to insulin resistance. If your thinking is foggy or you feel anxious or depressed, inflammation can affect how you feel or think. Your face seems puffy or swollen. If you're constantly battling puffy bags under your eyes or your whole face seems puffy, it is a sign that inflammation could be the possible source of that. Final thoughts. When inflammation is present, even when a person is the most disciplined with eating and exercise habits, they find little progress in losing weight. That being said, we can conclude that chronic inflammation and weight loss or weight gain are connected. The good news is that there are many ways to avoid inflammation, like avoiding toxins, antibiotics, harsh chemicals, stress, and eating anti-inflammatory foods. It's important to note that changing your diet alone may not be enough to get rid of chronic inflammation. That is why it is so very important to see your doctor if you suspect that you are suffering from this. All right. Related to chronic inflammation, what is the worst snack for inflammation? And Caitlin Vogel wrote this article. Chronic inflammation can contribute to numerous health conditions ranging from type 2 diabetes and heart disease to gastrointestinal issues. And not surprisingly, your diet plays a major role when it comes to inflammation, which is why it's important to know what foods to avoid as well as which foods can help. If you currently suffer from inflammation, the good news is that changing your eating habits can make a big difference and help overall in your health journey. But what is the worst snack for inflammation? Experts do agree that our most common indulgences tend to be working against us. The short answer on this is anything that combines sugar and vegetable oil is the worst snack you can consume. Snacks that are high in fructose like candy, pastries, sweet cereals, and donuts are to be avoided, say nutritionists. The combination of fructose and vegetable oils is the perfect storm for fat storage and inflammation. Not only do these foods promote inflammation, but they also tend to make you crave more, which can lead to overconsumption. A study on lipids in the Journal of Lipids in Health and Disease found that fructose had the worst effect on CPR, which is C-reactive protein, which is the cleanest marker of inflammation. Vegetable oils like soybean oil are loaded with trans fats that fuel inflammation. Examples of these types of snacks include granola bars, flavored yogurt, prepackaged fruits, and dried fruits. As you can see, many of these foods appear to be healthy, but the amount of hidden sugar is actually sky high, say functional nutritionalists. 
Sugar can signal to the pancreas to release insulin, a hormone responsible for escorting glucose or sugar into the cell. Once glucose has entered the cell, the body can convert it into energy. However, too much sugar throughout the day can overwhelm the pancreas and disrupt this process. Over time, excess sugar consumption can activate multiple inflammatory pathways in the body and lead to insulin resistance, diabetes, and weight gain. Processed meats like pepperoni, bacon, deli meats, hot dogs, and sausage should also be avoided. Both red and processed types of meat are high in saturated fat, which can increase inflammation in fat tissue. Processed meats also contain preservatives, added salt, and sugar. One study linked processed meats to a higher inflammatory body response, as well as an increased risk of colon cancer. Processed meats are also heavily linked to causing insulin resistance, resulting in a higher risk of developing type 2 diabetes. So let's understand the different types of carbohydrates. There are two main types, both simple and complex. Simple carbs hit your bloodstream fast and are found in foods, sugars, desserts, and dairy. Foods with complex carbohydrates typically have more important nutrients, including starches, fiber, and B vitamins, than foods containing more simple carbohydrates. There is a time and a place for both, and forms of fruit are simple sugar but contain nutrients and fiber that can offset the sugar in what you're eating. What should you eat instead? Well, skipping snacks may be your best bet. Experts try to encourage people to eat more filling meals and avoid snacks. When you need a snack, try hard-boiled eggs, berries, and minimally processed protein snacks with less than 10 grams of sugar. Snacks should be smaller forms of meals that nourish the body and regulate your blood sugar. If reducing inflammation and body fat is your goal, it's safe to say that avoiding or greatly reducing simple sugars and high fructose foods is favorable. We need carbohydrates to fuel our bodies and give us energy. But it's the complex carbohydrates, starches and fiber, that our bodies really benefit from. Whole, unprocessed plant-based foods are going to be your best bet. What does that look like? Fruits paired with nut butters, avocado or guacamole with whole grain toast, veggies, and hummus dips. To keep steady blood sugar levels, always pair your carbohydrates with protein and fat. Protein and fat minimize blood sugar spikes as well as insulin release. Here are some blood sugar stabilizing snacks that you could try. Hard-boiled eggs with hummus, apple with almond butter, grain-free crackers with cheese, turkey and avocado roll-ups, mixed nuts and berries, and Greek yogurt unflavored with fruit. Not only do these snacks help tame inflammation, but they will also help you stay fuller for longer. And this is a win-win for all of us. Wow, that's interesting stuff indeed. And how about those ultra-processed foods? Here is the one ultra-processed food no one over the age of 40 should be eating anymore, say the experts, because it ruins your metabolism. And Faith Geiger wrote this article. Losing weight is about making healthy choices. From finding time to exercise daily to providing your body with nutritious meals, this means we sometimes have to sacrifice some of our favorite foods for the sake of our weight loss goals, especially when it comes to high processed options that taste great but are terrible for your overall health. One such ultra processed food is none other than the notorious white bread. With health experts agreeing, you should definitely cut back if you wanna shed pounds, to learn more about the health effects of white bread and why you should avoid it if you're trying to slim down, nutritionalists say the refined ingredients can throw a serious wrench in your progress. Let's face it, bread is delicious and it's likely an essential item in your kitchen. However, 
Experts say that if you're trying to lose weight, it's important to limit your intake of this carby food. Bread is a food that should be eaten in moderation due to its processed and refined nature. Breads of all kinds are calorically dense and inflammatory. However, certain breads are worse than others and should be avoided altogether, or at least as much as possible, if you want to lose weight and maintain a healthy metabolism. White bread is the worst due to the fact that it's loaded with refined carbs. White bread is made with refined carbohydrates and lacking in fiber and other beneficial nutrients. Refined carbs are highly inflammatory and turn to sugar quickly, causing a quick rise in glucose. Yikes. All of those refined ingredients are loaded with calories, but take little energy for your body to process, which over time can take a serious toll on your metabolism. So avoid that white bread. But here's some other things that you should eat to help with your diet every day. And nutritionists say that you should be having this vegetable every day in the winter to boost gut health and immunity. Faith Geiger also wrote this article. There are a lot of things to love about the winter, but having to worry about avoiding colds on the flu isn't one of them. Luckily, by making healthy decisions that help boost your immunity, you can decrease your chances of coming down with an illness this year. One of the best ways to do this is by maintaining a nutritious diet. In fact, there's one vegetable that's in season right now that health experts say can help your immune system stay strong and even keep your gut healthy. Sweet potato is that vegetable. When it comes to nutritious vegetables that you can enjoy all winter long while boosting your immunity, it doesn't get much better than a classic sweet potato. Sweet potatoes are a nutrient-dense root vegetable full of vitamin A, fiber, and other beneficial vitamins and minerals. These nutrients make sweet potatoes an excellent food source for immune health and function. In addition to supporting immunity, sweet potatoes also offer anti-inflammatory benefits, making them a great choice for your gut health as well. And they also offer a good amount of both soluble and insoluble fiber, which can work together to aid digestion, lower cholesterol, and manage blood sugar. Overall, it's definitely worth it to add them to your plate this winter. Yum. How about this article? This is what actually happens to your body when you're eating too much sugar, according to dietitians. And Marissa Matozo wrote this article. If your goal is to eat healthier and you are a beginner to healthy eating, looking at how much sugar you consume is essential. Eating too much of this common ingredient can negatively and greatly impact your skin health, your gut health, and your metabolism, often leading to weight gain and imbalanced gut microbiota. This causes bloating, gas, diarrhea, and constipation. With that said, dietitians and nutritionalists, as well as other health experts, Caution us to look for warning signs from your body that can indicate you're eating too much sugar. Number one, you're seeing more breakouts, pimples, and duller looking skin. One major con of eating too much sugar is that it can accelerate skin aging. This can lead to premature wrinkling, sagging skin. Relying on sugary processed convenience foods as a main source of nutrition can be damaging to your health and cause you to age more rapidly. These types of foods like sugary pastries, granola bars, cereals, and candy are made with refined carbohydrates along with sugar, which can speed up the aging process. This can also mean more breakouts, drier skin, and an overall duller appearance as opposed to a radiant and supple one. Sugary snacks and treats not only increase aging, but also lead to poor gut health. Both of these side effects are damaging to overall health. The best advice is to limit these foods in your diet and rely on them only when absolutely necessary. 
You don't have to deprive yourself of an occasional sugary treat, but integrating more whole foods and antioxidant-rich foods like fruits and vegetables can decrease oxidative damage internally and externally. Next, you're experiencing stomach pain, weight gain, and indigestion. If you're frequently suffering from chronic bloating and other signs of indigestion, it's not only important to see a doctor, but also to try and reevaluate your diet and find out what could be triggering this. This reaction is often due to too many sugary foods or refined carbohydrates as they are devoid of fiber and essential nutrient to aid in your digestive process. A diet full of sugary processed junk foods is one of the major causes of gut problems and fungal overgrowth, experts explain. These foods are high in sugars that feed yeast overgrowth and are rich in pro-inflammatory ingredients that damage your gut and cause inflammation across your body. When you consume too much sugar, potential yeast overgrowth is just one of the negative effects your body may experience. The longer you eat a diet high in sugar, the more your body becomes resistant to insulin's effects of lowering your blood sugar. This will inevitably lead to diabetes. Gut health has been linked to immunity, glucose control, heart health, and digestion. Making this a priority can help you reach all of your other health goals like weight loss, more energy, better sleep, and healthy aging. Recent research concludes that links between gut health and mental health are strong. So overall, experts point out it's safe to say that an unhealthy gut can cause problems in every part of your body. But by replacing sugary foods and refined carbs with whole foods, you will definitely notice a difference. Well, let's talk about the 50% rule. I saw this article and thought it was pretty interesting, but evidently the 50% rule can save you from weight gain and hangovers this holiday season. And Stephanie Monsoor wrote this article. As a personal trainer for 15 years, I spent many holiday seasons helping clients prevent weight gain and other unwanted side effects of the celebratory time between Thanksgiving and New Year's Day. The first thing that I teach them is the 50% rule. For years, I've been using this method myself, and because it works so well in helping me maintain my own health over the holidays, I decided to start introducing it to my private clients, and I've been blown away by the difference it's made. The 50% rule is simple. You only put 50% of the effort towards your goal. In other words, take your goal, whatever it is, and slice it in half. Case in point, one of my clients had set a goal to walk 10,000 steps a day. It was the day after Thanksgiving and she was so down on herself in coaching session. She said she felt like a failure. I asked her if this goal was really realistic and how she would feel if her goal was 50% of that or just 5,000 steps a day. She told me she would be ecstatic because she easily hits 5,000 steps every day. So we decided that during the holidays, we should cut her goal by 50% and set it at 5,000 steps a day. Anytime she went over, which she did 100% of the time, I wanted her to celebrate. As a result, she had the healthiest holiday season of her life because she felt so motivated by achieving and surpassing her goal. The success encouraged her to stick to other healthy habits and keep the momentum going. You can also apply the 50% rule to enjoying indulgences during the holiday season, whether it be comfort foods or festive cocktails. So let's talk about three unrealistic holiday health rules. Here are the three common yet unrealistic health rules that I hear clients set this time of the year and how we use my 50% rule to modify them and encourage healthy behaviors minus the guilt. Number one, I won't eat any dessert at holiday parties. Really? Let's try. How about really? That's very unrealistic, right? Let's try this instead. 
I will eat half of the desserts that I normally do. I use this rule myself. Instead of grabbing a sugar cookie out of the cookie jar, I break it in half and eat only one half at a time. My 50% rule allows me to enjoy the cookie, but also helps prevent me from overdoing it. I enjoy how it tastes, the texture of my mouth, and the smell, then I move on. If I want another cookie, I break off half of it and enjoy. Number two, if I don't have 30 minutes for a workout, then it's not worth it. I used to feel this way and it kept me in a holiday workout desert for years. However, when I really worked on my mindset, I realized that 15 minutes was better than zero. Just because I enjoy 30 minute workouts on regular days doesn't mean I need to forego my workout completely on the days that I don't have that much time. So during the holidays, when I'm spending time with my relatives and friends, I cut my workout time in half. Once I did this for the first time, the day before Thanksgiving about 10 years ago, I never looked back. I still get the feel good endorphins and I'm proud of myself, like I did something positive. Whenever I find myself stuck in the mindset of, I need to do a workout for X number of minutes in order for it to be worth it, I always remind myself that I will reap the same mental benefits by exercising for half the time. And then number three, holiday cocktails are unavoidable. I'll just start over for dry January. This is how many of my clients view their drinking habits during the holidays. I use my 50% rule every season to ensure that I'm not waking up hungover or sluggish. I started to focus on how I wanted to feel every day. Did I want to wake up the next day feeling sluggish, lethargic, or having a headache? No. So I decided to look ahead and then plan ahead. I started by estimating how many glasses of wine or cocktails I may consume on a given occasion. Red wine with my mom's annual Christmas Eve spaghetti night. Instead of three glasses, my goal was 1.5 total. This simple rule single-handedly made me become more cognizant of my alcohol consumption and allowed me to enjoy myself while ensuring I have a productive and energetic morning the next day. Helpful stuff indeed. I think I'm gonna give that a shot. How about eight everyday ways to improve your gut health naturally? And Karen Asp wrote this article. Gut health has become one of the hottest health topics in recent years as people have started to learn about the complex connection between their gut health and overall health, from their skin to their mood and everything in between. And this is in large part to social media, especially TikTok, where gut health is a fast trending topic and hashtags like hashtag gut off, hashtag gut health, and hashtag gut healing have millions of viewers. While you might cast the gut health interest aside as another viral phenomena, this is a wellness topic to take seriously because your overall health is strongly linked to the health of your gut. The last 15 years have taught us that there's a whole bunch of bacteria in your gut and they play a big role in whether you have good health or disease, say gastrointestinal doctors. So what is the gut microbiome? Your gut has its own microbiome and ecosystem of trillions of microorganisms that live in your large and small intestines. Some of these bacteria are beneficial and others are not. And although the composition of everybody's gut microbiome is unique, all of these microscopic residents, the good and the not so good, should coexist in a peaceful balance within your gut when you're healthy. It's incredibly important to maintain a healthy gut microbiome, a healthy environment in which these microbes can thrive and function properly because it plays several key roles within your body. For example, did you know that your gut health is linked directly to your immune system? About 70% of your immune system lies in your gut and is intricately dependent upon the gut microbiome. 
In other words, better gut health means better immune functioning. The gut microbiome is also closely associated with metabolism, breaking down nutrients that your body needs and influencing weight and energy levels. Gut health has also been linked to more serious disease prevention and inflammation regulation, helping to lower your risk of heart disease, diabetes, and cancer, as well as impacting cognition and mental health. When your gut microbiome is out of whack, your body will definitely let you know. Digestive woes like diarrhea, constipation, abdominal pain, and bloating are all common signs of gut health issues. But there are also other less obvious symptoms of an unhealthy gut, like chronic low energy, skin inflammation and irritation, intense sugar cravings, and even sleep trouble. The exciting news is that you can fix and improve the health of your gut naturally and also prevent gut dysfunction by adjusting certain lifestyle habits that directly influence the balance of your gut microbiome. The best habits for gut health are, number one, eat more plants. Nutrition is the foundation of good gut health, say doctors. After all, the food you eat comes in direct contact with your gut lining and microbiome. That's because anything that's not 100% digested and absorbed like some nutrients, phytochemicals, dietary fibers, indigestible carbohydrates called FODMAPs, and indigestible carbohydrates called FODMAPs will interact with your gut tissues and gut bacteria for better or worse. What's more, the types of food you eat determine the type of bacteria that can live in your gut. Therefore, adding tons of plant-based foods to your plate is the best way to start improving your gut health ASAP. This includes all vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds, teas, and whole grains. Take, for instance, foods like onions, berries, tea, and even coffee. These contain flavonoids, a group of phytochemicals that encourage the growth of a beneficial species of bacteria called bifidobacteria. Plus, eating more flavonoid-rich foods has been associated with an increase in bacteria that produces a short-chain fatty acid that supports gut barrier function and immune function. Plant starches, along with a compound found in whole grains, also promotes that good gut health. One more reason plants are critical, fiber. A nutrient that animal-derived foods do not provide keeps your bowels moving and your digestive system running smoothly. One type of fiber called insoluble fiber sweeps the gut lining and helps bulk up stools to make them easier to pass. The other type of fiber called soluble fiber forms a gel that helps hydrate stools, also making them easier to pass. Most Americans get an average of only 15 grams of fiber a day, even though the recommended intake is 25 to 38 daily. Variety isn't only the spice of life, it also keeps your gut healthy. Data from the American Gut Project suggests that people who consume at least 30 different types of plants each week have a stronger, more diverse gut microbiome than those who eat fewer than 10 plants per week. This matters because your intestinal bacteria essentially eat what you eat. So consuming a colorful and diversified diet means your gut will also have a greater diversity of nutrients available. The different bacteria with different metabolisms will then have the food they require. 30 might sound overwhelming at first, but consider something like a bowl of oats and blueberries, hemp hearts, soy milk, and cinnamon. In that one dish, you're feeding five plant foods. Try eating fermented foods. If you already love fermented things like kimchi, tempeh, kombucha, and sauerkraut, consider yourself lucky because these are excellent gut-healthy foods that help your digestive system thrive. Want proof? After following a fermented foods diet with an average of 6.3 servings per day for 10 weeks, participants experienced improved microbiome diversity according to a study 
Not only are fermented foods often made from nutrient-dense plants like soybeans, cabbage, and tea, they also contain something called commensal microbes, which doctors say helps promote a diverse and healthy gut microbiome. Find healthy ways to lower your stress levels. Stress is a natural part of life, but too much, especially when left unchecked, can wreak havoc on your health in a number of ways, including your gut health. It's not entirely clear why stress impacts the gut so profoundly, but experts do know that the gut is supplied by the enteric or intestinal nervous system. This is a huge network of nerves that intricately control the workings of the gut. They can affect and cause pain, constipation, diarrhea, and other symptoms. It's impossible to avoid stress entirely, and there are studies to suggest that some stress is good for you, but you should take time out of your day, even if, if only for a few minutes, to do something that relaxes you and reduces your stress. Play with your pet, read a book, watch a funny TV episode, or take a yoga class as some examples. Commit yourself to regular aerobic exercise. You know cardio is good for your heart, and it's also great for your gut. Regular cardiovascular exercise can help you keep your gut microbiome healthy and improve irregular bowel movements. Make sure you're moving several times a week and exercising to the point of sweating. Don't have a gym membership? No problem. Try climbing the stairs in your apartment building or the stands at your local high school football stadium. Get a jump rope and head outside. Dance to your favorite upbeat songs for 20 minutes or hit the road for a brisk walk that gets your heart rate up. You also want to log plenty of sleep. How many times have you heard this piece of advice? It turns out there's yet another reason to get the proper amount of shut-eye each night, and that is because poor sleep can significantly impact your gut. Sleep deprivation can lead to changes in your gut microbiome. That's adding that sleep can also affect the food you choose to eat the next day. Most people in sleep-deprived states reach for chips and cookies over carrots and kale because impulse control is lower. Hunger satiety cues get skewed, and the body craves quick calories for energy when you underslept. If your sleep is dysregulated, this one turn dysregulates your gut health. The National Sleep Foundation recommends that most adults sleep for seven to nine hours every night, so make that a priority. And then stay hydrated. This helps everything from daily cognitive function to energy levels to metabolism. It matters for gut health too, since hydration is a key factor in keeping you regular. If your body is dehydrated, it will slow down elimination to retrieve more fluid from the stool, leading to constipation. Plus, if you're eating more fiber, you need to drink more water, as fiber needs water to do its job properly. How much water do you need per day? It isn't the same for everybody, but start with eight eight-ounce glasses a day as a general guideline. You can also check the color of your urine, and if it's pale yellow, consider yourself hydrated. Do not take antibiotics unless you really need to. There are certain times when antibiotics are necessary, but you shouldn't be taking them if you don't really need them. Many people run to the doctor for a prescription whenever they have a sniffle or a sneeze, pressure the doctor for antibiotics, and often get their way. Antibiotics can affect the gut microbiome, say doctors, explaining that they can eliminate or change existing populations of microorganisms. If antibiotics are a necessity, they recommend eating probiotic-rich foods like kimchi, sauerkraut, miso, yogurt, and kombucha. Or 
take a probiotic supplement to help counter the damage that antibiotics can cause. While there are hundreds of these supplements on the market, doctors say one isn't necessarily better than any of the others. For the best advice, ask your doctor which over-the-counter probiotic they suggest or if simply eating more probiotic foods will do the trick. Interesting, interesting stuff indeed. Let's talk about some diet tweaks that will ease your GERD and heartburn symptoms. And Lauren Harris wrote this article. More than 60 million Americans experience heartburn at least once a month, myself included. But according to the American College of Gastroenterology, an indulgent holiday season can up that frequency. If you're one of them, you may want to consider a recent study which found that what you eat is just as effective as medication at easing the burning that can happen when stomach acid flows back up into your esophagus. Patients following the Mediterranean diet plan had fewer symptoms of heartburn, acid indigestion, and gastroesophageal reflux, which is GERD, than those taking proton pump inhibitors, the primary medication prescribed for people suffering from acid reflux. A Mediterranean diet favors fish, fruits, vegetables, grains, nuts, and is light in dairy and red meat. What is heartburn? If you've ever experienced a burning feeling in the center of your chest behind your breastbone, you've most likely experienced heartburn. This can last anywhere from a few minutes to a few hours. It is very uncomfortable to say the least. According to the Cleveland Clinic, heartburn is technically a symptom of another condition, gastroesophageal reflux disease, or GERD, and it sometimes can be caused by pregnancy. In addition to feeling a burning behind your chest, you may also have a sour taste in your mouth. What is GERD? Gastroesophageal reflux disease is a very common condition. 20% of the people in the U.S. struggle with it. GERD happens when acidic foods leak back up into your esophagus on a regular basis. Acid reflux happens because a valve at the end of your esophagus, the lower esophageal sphincter, doesn't close properly when food arrives in your stomach. This leads to acid backwash, which flows back up through your esophagus into your throat and mouth, giving you a sour taste. Symptoms of GERD include heartburn, pain in the chest, hoarseness in the morning, and issues with swallowing. While occasional heartburn or acid reflux is totally normal, if you're experiencing this on a regular basis, you may be dealing with GERD. And first and foremost, you should see your doctor. But here are some foods to ease heartburn. While there are both prescription and over-the-counter remedies available for heartburn and GERD, altering your diet is a great place to start if you want to make a lasting change. These key foods can help keep symptoms of acid reflux at a minimum, according to the International Foundation for Functional Gastrointestinal Disorders. Non-citrus fruits. Opt for bananas, melons, apples, and pears, which are less acidic than citrus fruits. Some research suggests that bananas may help thicken mucus in the stomach and protect against painful ulcers, a common problem for people suffering from GERD. Oatmeal. Research shows that high-fiber foods like oatmeal and whole grain bread are linked to a reduced risk of acid reflux symptoms because they help absorb acid. Oatmeal is also high in selenium, which can help coat and protect your esophagus from painful acids. Green and root vegetables, potatoes, parsnips, and sweet potatoes contain easily digestible fiber that can help neutralize stomach acid. Green vegetables like spinach, kale, and Brussels sprouts are alkaline and can help decrease stomach acid too. Sweet potatoes are also a win on both fronts. 
Sweet potatoes are part of an alkaline diet and also contain the digestible fiber that is ideal at managing stomach acid that can cause GERD and heartburn. What else is good for GERD? The way you eat can be helpful when managing GERD and heartburn. Keep these tactics on the top of mind at mealtime to ease your symptoms. Chew gum. After eating, gum helps increase saliva production and reduces the amount of acid in the esophagus. Eat small portions. If your stomach gets too full quickly, it puts extra pressure on the lower esophageal sphincter. That is the valve that connects the stomach and esophagus, which can cause acid juices to overflow into the esophagus. Sit up straight. Good posture while eating and for at least two hours after a meal will keep gastric juices flowing in the right direction. Avoid eating a full meal less than three or four hours before bedtime. Well, I'm certainly gonna try some of these things to help with my own heartburn. And then one final article for the day, the physical and mental benefits of working out in the cold. And this is for all of you who live in those winter climates where it gets extra chilly outside. As temperatures begin to dip, your outdoor workout routine could provide more health benefits than you realize. First, your body doesn't run the risk of overheating, which can help with your endurance. In the cooler, cold weather, we don't have to sweat as much and our body doesn't have to work as hard to cool ourselves down, explains nutritional coach Kyle Byron. That saved energy can go into sports performance. In addition to improving your fitness levels, working out in colder weather also primes your immune system, which can be beneficial as we enter into cold and flu season. Exercising is very good at improving our immunity and protecting us from getting illnesses, especially in the winter time. A good workout not only improves your physical well-being, but is also proven to benefit your mental health as well. According to certain mental health associations, about 2-3% to of people will experience seasonal affective disorders in their lifetime. Another 15% will experience a milder form of seasonal affective disorder that leaves them only slightly depressed, but still able to live their life without major disruptions. A vigorous workout can help release these feel-good hormones and boost your mood on the days you need it most. Listen to your body, though. While working out is a great way to boost your mental and physical health, it's important to keep your safety in mind, especially as temperatures begin to dip well below freezing levels. Through my research, the threshold of minus 15 degrees Celsius is something individuals, habitually active ones, should be paying attention to, the ones in cold climates, that is. The reason for this is respiratory distress. They tested athletes running on a treadmill in those temperatures, which were about 4% humidity and very, very chilly. And the study found that more than half the participants started to experience respiratory stress at about minus 15 degrees Celsius. Some of the health issues people may face when exercising in the cold outside include tightness of the lungs, coughing, shortness of breath, and wheezing. When working out in extreme cold, one of the most widely agreed on suggestions is to tone down the intensity. When the temperature takes a dive, so should the intensity of your workout. Additionally, wearing something over your face like a high quality microfiber buff is also recommended. This can help warm the air you breathe and prevent drying. Experts also add, although it sounds counterintuitive, going inside immediately after a cold weather workout causes more stress on the lungs because the already stressed airways have to work harder to humidify the air at a warmer temperature. Take an easy warm down for five to 10 minutes until your breathing returns to resting levels before you go back inside. You will certainly cough less and your lungs won't feel like they're burning as much. And if you're concerned about your breathing in the cold, perhaps it's time to find an alternative indoors. 
We will post all of the articles that we talked about today on the show in the show notes. We do occasionally post pictures on our Instagram account. It's at podcast.addict. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can shoot us an email that is also listed in the show notes, our email address, that is. And please join us again next episode when we talk about more diet diatribes, interesting articles, and all kinds of other diet issues. Good night, podcast peeps. Stay safe, stay healthy, keep it real, and always live your very best life. Bye!